Welcome back. This is Amy Pons with Women Making Moves, where we celebrate the moves that women are making. I'm a master certified life coach and a soul awakener. I'm joined today with Emma M.A. Emma is a highly respected motivational speaker dedicated to empowering women leaders to embrace their body image by cultivating a more positive self-perception. During her more than 15 years of experience in corporate leadership roles at Fortune 500 companies, Uma encountered countless women, including herself, who struggled with their body image. This experience inspired her to embark on a mission to develop a practical and effective approach to help women leaders overcome body image challenges so they can advance in their careers, earn their true worth, and bridge the gender equality gap with confidence. Uma Eme is the founder of E&E Consulting Group a coaching and image consulting solutions firm, certified minority women-owned small business. Ma, welcome. Thank you, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on your program today. We're both wearing yellow and it's Ma's favorite color. So I love that for us. And I feel like that's an amazing way to start. Yes, yellow just says happy to me. It It just brightens the day you know, like the sunflowers. So it is one of my favorite colors. I have on yellow earrings always. <laughs> and they're exquisite. So <laughs> if you need any, any earring advice, they're absolutely amazing. I wish I had my ears pierced. I don't have, if I did, I would want to get those from you. <laughs> I actually have a fun story as to why I wear very unique earrings, but I'm, I'm sure we'll get to that at some point. Okay. I can't wait. No, these are absolutely beautiful. And I love that material anyway. So I have a funny story about sunflowers. A couple of summers ago, my husband and I were working on a garden in our backyard and it was one of like, it was a smaller one. Mm -hmm. And we also had bird feeders near. Well, fast forward a couple months later in these little garden beds, something so fierce and strong and powerful was growing. And I was like, wow, what is that? Is that like our is that our broccoli? Like, what is that? And I could let it keep growing. And it was just one long stalk. And it was probably six feet tall in the bed, in the, in the garden bed. And it was stealing all the nutrients from all of the other things. And then suddenly it popped out a sunflower. Oh, how amazing. So what we did was it was so huge. And I was like, well, it's not doing any servicing near the backyard. So we re we transplanted it from the garden into the front yard and it stood tall all summer. It was gorgeous. Oh, wow. That is okay. wonderful. If I have um, a picture, I'll find it and send it to you. Yes, yes, yeah. I am yet to plant sunflowers in my garden. I just think they're one of the most beautiful, you know, creations. Yes. You know? Yeah, just everything how- about it. Yes. I felt so much gratitude that it was put there by accident, like a bird dropped it from the bird feeders and then it you know what I'm saying? So it's so symbolic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. What a beautiful story. Awesome. Thanks, Emma. So we just beautifully met last week and we just felt really called to talk about this. And it's so incredible, the work that you do. As yeah. personally, as a woman that has come from corporate America, I know of what you're talking about, but I can't wait to dive into that more. And especially the work that you do for women to make sure that once they get into that role of their dreams, they can really flourish and not be held back by outside forces. So exactly, what are the moves that you're excited to be making right now? And with that, 
help us explore a little bit more about what you do. Thank you. So honestly, I have been blessed to be asked to speak on several platforms lately because it's important to get the word out. I'm generating awareness about body image issues within corporate is very near and dear to my heart. Like like you said, and when you read my bio, I worked in corporate for almost 20 years and I loved it. I actually loved all the companies that I worked for. They were Fortune 50 companies, so great companies to work for. What I didn't like and what I saw often, especially as I rose up the ladders and the ladder in corporate was there were fewer women as I went higher up. And the few that did make it up to the C-suite, they fit what I, I would say a certain beauty standard. And those of us who were either emerging or were actual leaders that didn't fit that beauty standard were treated very differently. And that's a nice way to put it. And for a long time, I, I didn't understand why I felt insecure when I would walk into a boardroom. I was one of those people who just loved to dress up and picking out my outfit for work was one of the highlights of my day, I'll be honest. But little did I know that back then, I was actually using fashion as a camouflage for the insecurities that I felt. Because every time I would dress up and walk into work, you know, I would be confident, you know, people knew me as the power dresser. But the minute I would walk into the boardroom and I would be overlooked, either because I didn't fit the standard of beauty that people expected. I'm a tall, I'm a five nine, full figured black woman. And I knew that I deserved to be there. I had the credentials that said so. But for some reason, sometimes I would contribute and my opinion would just be negated or ignored. I've had some men just totally ignore my hand just to stretch out to introduce myself. And the funny thing is that it wasn't just me. It wasn't just because I was a minority. It was because I was a woman because my boss experienced the same thing. And so the pandemic was my aha moment when I decided, you know what, if I'm gonna go back to corporate, I wanna change the narrative for all women. I want them to feel confident walking into any space and knowing that they deserve to be there. They deserve that seat at the table because it was their expertise, their hard work, their knowledge that got them there and they deserve to be heard. So that's the work that I do. I work with the women one-on-one, women leaders. They are my sweet spot. I have a a passion for empowering women leaders to cultivate a more positive self-perception. But what I'm also doing simultaneously is working with the corporations because we can work on ourselves, but until corporate changes the policies and their culture, things are not going to change. So that's what I'm working on now. Emma, when you say that one of your favorite things to do is dress up and you love fashion and you're using that as camouflage, what do you mean by that? Oh, I am Nigerian. And in Nigerian culture, we believe that your name is not bought just by accident. Your name says a lot about who you are or who you will become. So my name, Uma, means beauty in Igbo. And knowing Nigerian culture, 
ever since I was little, I always felt like I needed to fully embody that name. And so being beautiful, not just on the outside, but really on the inside, in the way I treat people, the way I present myself, in the way I serve others and love them as God has called us to. So that insecurity comes from anything that deviates from what my name says that I am supposed to be, who God has called me to be. And again, the comments that I received in corporate, and it's not everybody, but it was a good number of people, enough to impact my own self-image. I had some people say some inappropriate things to me because I was a full-figured, busty woman. And for years, that one comment that one guy made changed the way that I dressed. For a long time, I wore turtlenecks, even in the heat, because I thought that my physical appearance was calling on unnecessary attention. I thought it was my fault. Whereas now I know that it had nothing to do with me. It was his own insecurities because there is a thing, hurt people hurt people. And that guy was definitely a hurt person. And so all his narratives and rhetoric were just to hurt others around him. So the camouflage was... You still felt that beauty within, of course. Mm -hmm. And when you were in corporate, it felt like camouflage to ward off the bad comments. It was the camouflage to build my confidence. Mm. I used the fashion to build my confidence so I could just go into work. But at the time, I didn't understand I just did it, but I didn't put two and two together as to why are you so obsessed with looking a certain way, walking into the office? I would obsess about the way my hair was, the clothes I wore, the designer, not designer. But the truth of the fact was I wanted to build up my confidence. I was trying to be confident to face the battles that I was dealing with at work and inside. Sorry you had to go through that. Thanks. I mean, it worked for a couple of hours of my day, yeah. but all it took was one side comment or right. one person looking past me and all the insecurities would come back. I'm so grateful that you do the work that you do for women. You likely saw the news that we now have no Black women in the S&P 500. And something really critical that you said the work that you're doing is both for the women. I'm excited to hear you say additional work that you do is on the corporate side, because as much as you and I help individuals, the bigger problem is on the other side, where these companies, the workplace is broken. The workplace was not designed with women and people of color in mind. Mm -hmm. And so we can do as much as we can for the individuals to help them feel safe, but then what is going to be that watershed moment on the corporate side? And can you talk a little bit about what that work that you do? So for me, it's going into corporate, trying to generate awareness by creating, having workshops with those who are, of course, willing to, to bring me in. Having workshops about what body image is, what does it look like in the workplace? How does it affect the bottom line? Because, of course, we all know they want to know how does it affect me? What is it going to do? Why should I listen to you? But basically, really speaking their language. And my goal is that 
for them to incorporate it into their company culture under the DEI umbrella. Because I do believe body diversity is a huge part of DEI. What is it? The average size of the American woman is like a size 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is portrayed in the media is a size four, a size two. And so in corporate and other big organizations and institutions, that's the beauty standard that people expect when they think about C-suite. They want the tall, the motherless, but that's not right. I don't think that a woman's physical appearance should have any bearing on whether she is qualified for a position in the C-suite. I want to believe that our society is moving in the direction where we pay more attention to the achievements, the skill sets, and the expertise that we bring, as opposed to how tall we are, what size we are, and all that should be have no bearing as to whether we are qualified for a position. That's the type of narrative and rhetoric that I am working hard to change at the corporate level. And I achieve this by having workshops, being on podcasts like this, any platform that I can get to share this message, how important it is for us to get the word out. Otherwise, you're going to see a lot more women, not just minorities, exit the workplace. They're going to exit corporate. It's happening. The great resignation started over the pandemic. And I think on the other side of the pandemic, on average in the United States, women still manage the bulk of the home life, whether it be the mental load the or with childcare, things of that nature. So what we're seeing is another wave of that happening right now, because as the return to office mandates come through, and I would love to hear your thoughts on that, especially as we know that microaggressions, everyday aggressions, especially toward women are prominent in person. As those mandates are coming through, women are again being disproportionately impacted because they're being asked to undo all of the work they did over pandemic to have their lives work for them. They're having to just figure it out. For many women, it's not safe to go back because of those aggressions that they feel every day. Do you have thoughts around that? Absolutely. I think the companies that are looking to have women or have their employees come back full-time, part-time, they really need to, I hope they have done the work of changing their culture. Otherwise, they're going to lose a lot of great talent if they don't change the corporate culture. What my ideal corporate culture is a space and a place where people feel like they can genuinely come in as their authentic self. Now, how do you define authentic self? Come in as your authentic professional self. I don't support people bringing their whole self. That means your baggage and everything. I encourage women to bring the authentic professional self to the workplace. I think corporations need to invest in their employees' mental health. Body image, if gone unchecked, can lead to social and mental health conditions. We all know that, you know, whether it's body dysmorphia, anxiety, depression, all of that. And I saw enough women in the C-suite, I'm not even talking about lower than that, I'm talking just in the boardroom, have meltdowns because 
of the things that were said to them or the way they were treated by the men. This is just the boardroom. This is just the executive. And I need these executive leaders, especially our male counterparts, to know that the way they lead sets the tone for the culture with across the company. We can't have silos and we can't expect one culture, but you're not setting the example. So we need women to go back into corporate, lead authentically, and demonstrate what that looks like that is worth emulating so that younger women, nieces and nephews, my daughters that are coming up and graduating, have somebody, have a support system, they have a model to look up to. It's a lot of work. It is so much work. And it's not just, from my experience, it wasn't just the men, it was actually women older than me that were making the disparaging comments as well. That's true. I was actually more hurt in some cases by those women because I was looking at them like, if you endured this, me personally, and I'm, and again, I'm not trying to assume that everyone's doing the work that you and I are doing, but I really genuinely care about making sure that all humans have a safe place to go to work in the future. And if I felt it, I'm just not going to let them feel it. That's just not I'm not willing to let it keep going. Yeah, I think the more of us that gather together like you and I are and collaborate, generate awareness, the sooner we can start to move the needle for change. And yeah, unfortunately, yes, some of the negative comments that we have experienced have come from other women. And so that's why I, I want women to work on themselves, hence why I work with them so that they go back into corporate and change the culture, but also be a model that others can look up to and see that, okay, this is what leadership in the C-suite or executive level should look like. And it is possible for all women to achieve it, regardless of what you look like, how your hair is, your nose, your size, whatever. Yes. Yeah. Oh, beautiful work. So awesome. I want to talk about the next part of our segment here, which I read one of your latest posts. And it's also amazing because it talks about one of the, the big moves that's coming up for you next week. So this was made yesterday. Authenticity is not just a trait. It's a leadership superpower that can transform your journey in the AI driven world. As women leaders, our unique strengths and experiences are our greatest assets. Embracing our unique identity allows us to lead with unwavering confidence. On September 14th, 2023, next week, I invite you to a webinar that explores this very essence called Managing Your Body Image in the New World of AI. Discover how embracing your authenticity is a cornerstone of effective leadership in the digital era. Let's empower ourselves and our teams to thrive authentically. Join a dynamic group of women and embark on a journey towards greater self-acceptance and leadership excellence. Let's foster an environment of authenticity. So you touched on this when we first kicked off authenticity and what that is. What made you want to create this webinar, especially as it relates to AI? And what are you seeing that really fueled this next move that you've created? I'm taking a deep breath because I see it. <laughs> this is a big one for me. Authenticity, in my opinion, is the new currency. Mm. Authenticity is the new currency. And I think people need to be clear what authenticity looks like. Authenticity 
is you allowing yourself to be vulnerable. And you need to recognize that every relationship that we engage in, whether at home or in the workplace, you have to earn the trust. And that comes through allowing yourself to be vulnerable, especially as a woman leader, allow yourself to be vulnerable, let others see what your flaws are. And when you do that, then you're demonstrating to others what authenticity is. And I feel like that's when things start to change, when people start to show up, wanting to show up to the workplace because they know they're not being judged. They know that it's a safe place, safe space to be themselves, to share their opinions, of course, with respect. So in the work that I do, I like to encourage our women leaders to show up authentically keeping in mind that that is the best currency for which you can exchange earn trust. So I am passionate about the body image in the AI era because unlike when social media came out, no one understood what it was and the impact that it would have on our society. And don't get me wrong, social media is great. I mean, it's helped grow my business and other things, but no one expected that it would impact the younger generation the way it has. The other day, I was watching a commercial on TV called Project Liberty, and they are part of an act that they're trying to pass in the Senate. It's the COSA Act, Kids Online Safety Act. What that is, is it's basically to ensure that there's policies put in place to make sure at least our children are safe online. Now, what caught my attention was a commercial that I saw where they had mothers with papers and pictures of their kids who had been impacted. Some of them passed away due to the negative effects of social media. That caught my attention. My heart broke being a mom. I don't think any woman any parent should bury their child. That's the impact that social media, that's the ugly side of social media. Today, on across like several platforms, we're seeing the good side of AI, but I'm also seeing another level of beauty standard that our children are going to think is reality and want to achieve and in doing so, what are the results going to be? Is it going to be the same as we did with social media? That bothers me. I have a daughter. I don't want her to go online and see someone with perfect skin, perfect hair, perfect everything, and expect that that's what the world wants from her. That's unfair. And that's why I'm having this webinar. I want people to come and learn all about AI. Well, as much as they can about AI, but how to manage their self-image as AI is ramping up. AI is expected to be $10.5 billion industry by 2030. That is just six years ago. I just read an article about that. $10.5 billion industry is now estimated at $100 million, $100 million industry, and it's ramping up very fast. There was still a human being, a human team that built AI, you know, that built the the algorithms. And it's, of course, it's machine learning. I get all that. But the baseline in which they coded it at 
to your point about clear skin, whatever perfect hair looks like. But also there was a young woman in college. She was graduate. She's graduating college and she put into AI. She said, make my photo look more professional and AI lightened her skin. That's some of the dangers. And AI is really great for some of the things like expediting a grant proposal to get like a new life-saving, what have you, probably helping a lot with legal things, like a lot of writing. But to your point, why the physical is coming into AI? Like, why do we need that? I don't know. <laughs> I'll be honest. I don't know why. I don't know why. Because yeah. if anything, we should have learned from our history of the impact that the initial forms of AI, because, you know, social media is a form of AI. The right. initial forms of AI and the impact that it's had, had on our young generation, we should have learned from that. And and again, don't get me wrong, I love certain aspects of AI, but I just want people to be aware and empowered to handle this big, what I foresee as a big expansion of this new technology. AI is not going to go away. We need it for productivity reasons across the board. It has helped streamline a lot of processes for people, myself included. AI, hey, AI is my least dramatic, most efficient assistant. So I love it. But <laughs> I am mean, just being honest. But we also need to know where to draw the line. And I think that's when when AI tries to portray someone that we're not. Yes. What people forget is you can put an AI picture on social media and all of that. But when you show up for an interview, you're not going to bring AI. You have to show up as yourself. You need right. to look like whatever you've put out there. Mm -hmm. People need to remember that. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm going to mark my calendar for your, your webinar next week, Managing Your Body Image in the New World of AI on September 14th. What time is it at? It's at 6 p.m. Eastern, Thursday, September 14th, 6 p.m. Eastern. Awesome. You've heard us both say, like anything else, AI, we need it. And both things can be true. It's incredible for productivity and streamlining. And it can be extremely dangerous to body image and perception of self. Yes. So I can't wait to learn from you on that. Yeah. And we will cover the power of self-image, how your perception of yourself influences your leadership. I'm going to talk about the AI revolution, exploring AI's impact on beauty standards and self-esteem. We're going to talk about building resilience strategies to boost your confidence and thrive in the age of AI, as well as empowerment through knowledge, you know, practical insights. I'm going to give you practical insights to navigate the challenges and opportunity that AI presents. So it's going to be a very interactive and informative. I want people to walk away with practical tips and actions that they can take to just take care of themselves as we embark on this journey with AI. Will you be recording it? Because I just realized I'm going to be babysitting some kiddos next week at that exact time. <laughs> is, there, is there a replay I can watch? Yes. As long as you register, I'll you register. will receive the replay. So we'll put a link to where people can register for the event. And as long as you register, you will receive a replay. So please go ahead, register today. I will. Okay, one last question, Ma. What would you say to folks that understand your work and what you do and what you're trying to do? What would you say to them to 
help them bring the message you are trying to bring into their own workplace, but also for themselves? What would you say to keep keep doing? And then also, what would you say to the folks who don't get it? So it's talking to the supporters and perhaps the adversaries of the work that you do. What would you say to both? I would say to both, own your expertise. This applies to both my supporters and the naysayers. Own your expertise. As a leader, woman leader, male leader, you have earned your seat at the table through the work, dedication, and wealth of knowledge you have gained. Embrace your expertise and let it shine. Believe in your skills, experiences, and perspectives. Because you know what? Remember, you bring a fresh and valuable voice to the table and your ideas deserve to be heard. And you should also be willing to hear that of others. Those to me are the qualities of an effective leader. Amazing. Where can we find you, Emma? You can find me on LinkedIn. I am on LinkedIn a lot. So my Emma. I'm also on Instagram. Not as much, but I'm trying to. So same thing, my Emma on Instagram and Facebook. Same thing, my Emma. And of course, my website, myemma.com. Closing remarks for us today, Emma. I want to be able to partner with you this year, body and self-image journey. So please, the first step you can take is to register for my webinar coming up next week. And I really want us as a collective, a women's collective, to ensure that we are prepared for what is to come in this new world of AI. Our mental health is very important. Your self-image starts with your mindset. And the webinar next week, that will be a great place to prepare yourself and prepare your mindset for the next boom in our society. Thank you, Emma. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.